We are now going to do Shabbos and Sunday's portion of Tanya, which begins letter 29, a new letter. And the focus of the current letter is the special value of studying the laws of Torah, which our sages call the crown of Torah, because God's will is most revealed within the laws. They clearly spell out what God wants in terms of the performance of all the commandments. We begin with various quotes that bring out this concept that the crown of Torah is Jewish law. Our sages also say that whoever studies Jewish law is assured a share in the world to come. So the question of the Rebbe is, why? Why are specifically laws, Jewish laws, the crown, the crown of Torah? And why specifically by studying laws are you assured a share in the world to come? Why not other subjects in Torah? Scriptures, Midrash, there's so many other parts of Torah. Why specifically by studying of the laws of Torah are you assured a portion in the world to come? Our sages also say, which similarly brings out the strength of law, that if you study one chapter of law in the morning and one chapter in the evening, you fulfilled your obligation to study Torah. So why is it that you need to study with Jewish law to fulfill your obligation and not with other parts of Torah? So that's the question. So to answer that, we're going to start by talking about something else. <laughs> we know, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria explains, that the soul of every Jew needs to be reincarnated many times until he will fulfill all of the 613 commandments of the Torah in thought and speech and deed. Because we need to complete the garments of our soul. We need to rectify the garments. And our soul has the garment of thought, the garment of speech, and the garment of deed. And each garment is comprised of these 613 aspects of these, in essence, 613 commandments. So each time you do a commandment within that garment, if I am right now studying Tyra, as everyone is listening to this. So you're purifying your garment of thought in the commandment of studying Tyra. If, as I am, you're saying the words of Tyra, you're teaching these concepts, you're articulating the concepts, so you're purifying your garment of speech in the specific commandment from the 613 to learn Tyra. And so it is with every single commandment we have to express it in thought and in speech and in deed. And this is, the river goes with a number of details on this, but it's a long section. I'm not going to give all the details. So the bottom line reason why we need to do this, which is significant, is because the soul of man is in a sense a created entity. If it's a created entity, inherently it's limited. If it's limited, how is it possible to apprehend God who's limitless? So here we have this oxymoron or this question. My soul has limits as a piece of creation. God is limitless. But my soul wants and needs to connect and be one with God. So how can we transcend our own natural limitations? So what does God do? 
So God causes his divine light to evolve in many, many descending degrees with intense contractions, with numerous contractions, with many, many garments until we actually consider them Kabbalistically hairs, just like the life force in a hair is so tenuous, right? It doesn't hurt if you snap off a hair because the light force is so minimal, but it is alive. So the very subtle glimmer of divine energy that's filtering through these contractions are like hairs. So here we have God who did so much screening of himself through all of these intense contractions to reach a level that our soul can endure his light. But you know what? Even after all of these contractions, our soul still can't. The light's too intense. The light's too good. Any created being that would absorb this light will expire. Wouldn't be able to sustain itself as a being. It would just become one of God's reality. It would lose itself in God and not maintain its own distinct identity because it's just too good. It's too intense. It's too good. It's too strong a magnet, too strong a pull. So what do we do? So here's God. He wants to connect to us. He wants to give us of himself. And he's constricting, 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 constricting until his energy becomes like a hair. So minuscule compared to him himself. And that's still too much for me. And if my soul absorbed directly that hair, forget it. My soul would just leave the body, become totally nullified, like a flame in a torch, completely gone within the intensity of the radiation, the enormous light and sweetness of God. So what had to happen was, from this minuscule, minuscule light, there evolves a minute radiation until it creates a single garment. On one hand, a garment akin to the nature of the light, but at the same time, a creation. And through this garment, the soul dressed in this garment can enjoy, can apprehend the light, but doesn't lose its existence, doesn't become so nullified it ceases to exist at all. In other words, this garment has this duality. On one hand, the garment derives from the light, so it can withstand the intensity of the light. On the other hand, the garment is a created entity, so it could be worn by the created entity of the soul. So that's how the garment is the bridge between my soul, the created entity desiring to be one with God, and all the sweetness of God's light that desires to be one with my soul. This garment is the bridge. What is this garment? This garment is the commandments. As if someone's trying to look at the sun through a very fine speculum that would allow the person to see the sun without getting burnt by it. Or as it says how Moses, to ascend to heaven, he entered within the cloud. In other words, he vested himself in the cloud and he saw via the medium, so to speak, of the cloud. The cloud is the garment by which Moses was able to receive the revelation of Sinai. So this was the portion of Shabbat. Now continuing with the portion of Sunday, 
So here we have this light. Here we have this light from the commandment, which is the speculum, which is the garment that's allowing this medium, this bridge, for my soul to receive the sweetness of God. Now this sweetness of God, what my soul is really receiving as I do each commandment is really something set aside for the world to come. Because it's really something that's of such a level of God that even though now I have the bridge to it, it's still not something I can absorb directly, the light past the bridge. I need the I need the refinement the transcendence of self that the world to come will give me to be able to absorb that which this bridge is connecting me to. But, but the external level of this radiance from which the garment is deriving is able to be absorbed. It's the external aspect because, in essence, it's transferred from being pleasure to being will. In other words, this works by us this way because this works by God this way. So let me explain the concept. Our innermost point of self is going to be that which we delight in. That's what we have a pleasure in. Pleasure is more intense than my emotions, more intense than my intellect. It's the essence pull on me is what I have a pleasure in. Based on what I have a pleasure in, I am going to have a will for. So the will is going to be created by the pleasure. Or in the Kabbalistic language, the will is the external aspect of the pleasure. In other words, I want something because it gives me pleasure. So the pleasure is the inner desire. It's the motivating desire. And the will is the external desire. It's the consequence of the pleasure. Since this gives me pleasure, I want it. It works this way by me because it works this way by God, so to speak. So God's pleasure, the delight of God, and our delight in God, that's the intensity. That's what we're going to and what we'll achieve based on everything we do now in the world to come. But at this moment now, what evolves from the delight is the will. So God's supernal will is derived from his supernal delight. Now, of course, we're making it sort of compartmentalized because we are compartmentalized, but God is not. By me, I have pleasure, I have something called will, I have something called wisdom, I have something called emotions. I'm in little compartments. God's all one. So by God, his delight, his will are absolutely one with him because he's not like me in essence. By me, my will is a faculty I possess. By God, he and his will are one. But if that's true, you can say, wait a minute. 
by me, I understand that I could say my delight, my pleasure is my inner dimension, and my will is my external dimension, because I mean both are separate. But by God, if I'm saying, by the way, God's not you, and by God, he and his pleasure and his will are all one, so why am I saying will is outer and pleasure is inner? I thought you're saying it's all one. So in a sense, we have to use these languages of inner and external because we have to speak a language we understand. So we're using the terms that work for our ears, because in my ears, there's the inner, which is the delight, which creates the outer, which is the will. By God, there are differing levels, and yet at the same time, there's the part that blows our brain a little, is all one. So here we have God's pleasure. God's inner delight, God's inner sweetness, which contracts, 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 finally comes to such a level of smallness, it's his will. This creates the garment of the commandment. Do this, his will. Do not do this, his will. He wills you to keep the Sabbath. He wills you to not eat certain foods. He wills you to have certain beliefs. He wills you to not have other beliefs or use these words or don't use these words. Everything, every commandment is an expression of what he wants. The source of each of those things he wants is one aspect of his pleasure, which means when your soul is doing what he wants, what he wants you to believe, what he wants you to say, what he wants you to speak, what he wants you to do, what he wants you not to believe and not to say and not to think and not to speak and not to do, when you're doing that, your soul is engarbed in one garment, the commandment that manifests that will. And the source of that will is a piece of God's sweetness, of God's pleasure, of God's delight. And through the commandment, your soul is connecting to that. At this moment, I don't feel it. You don't feel it? I don't feel it. None of us feel it. But right now, there's a link between my soul And that enormous piece of God himself, of God's sweetness and pleasure through the will that that commandment expresses. And this is what happens commandment by commandment. 